Nurses are naturally driven to be healers, both of the body and the soul. How can we connect holistically with people in our care? I'm Tara Schaefer, a registered wound and foot care nurse practicing in North Carolina. I want to use this media to share the talent and innovation of not only nurses, but other healers, especially here in the South. Today, I'll be speaking with Samantha Norris, a registered nurse in Beaufort, South Carolina. To date, she has 16 years of experience in nursing. Much of her past career was in critical care and emergency room, including five years of travel nursing. But recently in her career, she decided to connect with a specialized client population. For the past year, Samantha has also practiced as a lymphedema therapist. She can bear witness to the ways that her skills have fundamentally changed the lives of her clients. So let's get to know her. So good morning, Samantha. I wanted to say welcome and thank you for joining me. Thank you. I'm excited to be able to speak to you about this. Excellent. I'm, I'm excited too. The first thing is for people who are not familiar with lymphedema, how would you describe what it is and how it's different from just edema or swelling that someone might have? Well, the main difference, I mean, ultimately as a person that's carrying this around, you may not necessarily notice the difference, but the actual clinical difference is the fluid that the people with lymphedema are, have is actually protein rich versus it just being edema that is mostly water. So it's actually a big protein component and it's just not getting absorbed and processed through your body as well as it should be. Um, I know like, especially as nurses, our legs swell. And so, you know, at the end of the day, our legs are swollen. We have little sausage toes and then we prop them up. We go to bed and we wake up the next morning and our feet look normal. That is normal edema with lymphedema it stays there. It doesn't go away. And you ultimately have to do, you know, things to get rid of it. It's one of those systems that is kind of helping all of the other systems. Like if you have cardiovascular system defaults, like your, your peripheral vascular disease in, impedes you from getting your blood flow and everything back up, your lymphatic system is kind of picking up that slack for a while. And then your lymphatic system may get tired, and that's where you actually can get lymphedema secondary to um, cardiovascular disease. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely something that is underdiagnosed, and I feel like that people don't talk about it enough. And I'm you know, excited to be able to speak to you guys about it. What are some of the other health conditions or experiences that a person might have that could also cause lymphedema? Well, there is a thing that is called primary lymphedema, and that is where you have some genetic makeup that you are born with. And all of a sudden, one day your arm or your leg could just become swollen and it won't go down. That is, you know, a primary thing. And that's just your genetics, your lymphatic system, or obviously the breast cancer surgery, is the one that everybody thinks about the most, but there is also people who have the neck surgeries from cancer, like the throat cancers and a lot of the surgery interventions for the the head, neck, and face, and even some of like the carcinomas and different things like that. If they go deep enough, they can impair your system, and they may take out lymph nodes along with inguinal 
things and prostate surgeries. In those areas, you have a lot of lymph nodes. And anytime you have a surgery that removes lymph nodes, you are at risk for developing lymphedema. And so what, what is it after you know, many years of nursing that attracted you to lymphedema therapy? I, as a nurse, I felt like the healthcare community was letting people down. And I really wanted to find a nursing that I actually, you know, when I come home, I felt good about what I did that day. And there's so many days that, you know, as a nurse in the hospital setting, you may not feel good about what you did. You feel like you did not help anybody. Nobody was nice. Nobody was happy to see you. And I was really looking for something that I can truly help somebody. They can be happy to see me and, you know, and I can see results and make somebody's life better. So you could feel recharged, I guess. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know yes, a lot of nurses can commiserate with that. Can you, can you give me an idea of how clients would be referred to you? Well, as my practice is, you know, I'm, I'm a year in, and so things are definitely happening and growing. And I'm having physical therapy offices are starting to refer people to me because nobody in this area does this. And, you know, physical therapy, they're having people coming in with lymphedema, swelling, along with even just musculoskeletal injuries, you know, and they're finding that my services are helping and the word is kind of getting out. And so I'm getting referrals from them. And then I'm also getting referrals from the chiropractic offices and kind of more on the holistic side of medical. Those are the ones who are referring people to me. There are times that I'll have um, some of the like plastic surgeons. They're starting to use the lymphedema therapists in their office because they have found, you know, the benefits with that after the surgery and pre-surgery. And so, you know, I'm starting to get the word out from the plastic surgery offices, chiropractic offices, physical therapists, and then also some of my massage friends are sending people my way. And mm -hmm. so it's been really, really fun being able to educate and using, you know, our business as a platform to get some of the awareness out. And it's, you know, ultimately what I do is not just for lymphedema patients, but you know, it's been, it's been really neat educating. Are you ever given the opportunity to practice uh, any, any wound care or bandaging with your clients? Because I know that often lymphedema and the occurrence of cellulitis or wounds can go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. I have, with my certification, I am certified to do the wraps and things like that. I will tell you with the multi-layer bandaging, people are absolutely miserable and most patients are not compliant. And with that, um, I have done it. I don't do it in my practice very much. It's expensive, hard to bill for, along with the patients are ready to take it off by the time they get home. Mm. And it's one of those things that you put on and they're supposed to leave it on until they come back to see you because that way when you see it, you can say, okay, well, I need to go a little bit different in this area than that area. And so it's important, the compliance factor. And I feel like with the wraps, the compliance is not there. Now, wound care, yes, because with the lymphedema or the MLD um, therapy, it helps wound care. Like it improves the healing, it increases the speed of healing, decreases the infection risk and things like that. So I do have the opportunity of working with that. And then I do like do small bandages and stuff at the end if I need to. 
So for your, you mentioned clients not being uh, compliant with the short stretch bandages, the multi-layer bandages. What, what do you find that they do in between so that the um, techniques that you use have long lasting effect? Are they using compression sleeves at home or are some of them not even doing that? that you well, it's, it's kind of a struggle. I'm not going to lie. It is a struggle. Um, the ones that have done the best, they have the pumps at home that they use when they're not seeing me. And that is a manual, you know, kind of like a machine that kind of tries to emulate what I'm doing along with they do the compression um, stockings. There are wraps and things now that make things easier and they don't have to do the multi-layer bandaging and they are more compliant with that. Um, and that's something that, you know, I'm trying to continue to educate people and be like, okay, you know, I know you feel great right now. But if you don't wear your compression, you don't wear your wraps, you don't use your pump, then you're not going to, you know, the next time you see me, you're going to be exactly like you were when you walked in. So it's kind of like, you know, it's a little bit of a frustration because there are some people that will come and do nothing in between. I'm like, oh, did you use your pumps? Well, no, I was busy this week. I'm like, well, you need to use it at least every day. But I I know I'm going to try to use it next week. And then, you know, they come in, they're not wearing their stockings. And I'm like, oh, well, have you been wearing your stockings this week? And, and, you know, so there is a compliance factor that is a little frustrating because with the lymphedema, it doesn't go away. You have to manage it. And the way you manage it is with the, the pump therapy, with the compression and the wraps. Mm-hmm. What would you say is unique about your own approach to lymphedema therapy? I look at the whole body. When I first started, you know, um, the class is kind of geared towards, you know, the insurance billing, you know, charting for time. And for me, with my practice, I do the whole body. You may come in for your leg, but if I get your whole body circulating, then it's going to help that. Something that uh, our listeners may not understand yet is that, you know, there not only do you have the lymph nodes and the collecting ducts, but you also have kind of hubs where the lymph actually um, communicates back with the vascular system. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, th- that helps me understand when you say that you try the whole body approach with your sessions, with your MLD, that you would have um, a greater benefit uh, with your with your clients as opposed to someone who focused just on an extremity that was affected, you know, or maybe just above that and above where the extremity was affected. Exactly. Can you tell me who your role models have been with healing that's impacted your how you pursue your practice? Well, this is going to sound kind of cheesy, but I mean, I can say my husband, and it's been wonderful seeing him grow as a massage therapist. And it has been really amazing, like hearing him talk about the improvements that he sees and, you know, talking to his clients and seeing what he has done for them and how he has impacted their life. You know, people coming in and they're like, you know, I could hardly walk. And, you know, he's he has made me feel better than I felt in years. And as that has been that where you're like, I want to be that person, you know, and that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's a little bit different than what you would think as far as a nurse role model, but you know, I can say I want people to be happy to see me and I want to be able to, you know, help people in a positive way. And there's nothing cheesy about that. 
Have you had a most challenging case that you wouldn't mind describing in general terms since you became a, a, a lymphedema therapist? Yes. Um, I've had, you know, several lymphedema patients and there's one that stands out. Um, she was older. Um, and so the, the wraps were dangerous for her because of the fall risk. And then, you know, the compression stockings, she, you know, with arthritis hands and everything had trouble getting them up. And then, you know, then we kind of went lighter compression, but to where she still had some, but then those weren't enough. So it was very challenging. And then, you know, just coming back, you know, for weekly appointments, it's like, you know, it's, it's great right now. And I feel like my, my legs are better than they've been, but I, there, it keeps coming back. And it's, you know, it's very frustrating with people who have, you know, lived with lymphedema for forever or for years. And, you know, and they, they're just in their mind, it's going to get better. And with this patient, you know, she would not use her pumps. So she's like, I'm busy. And then she, um, but she just, you know, her compliance factor wasn't there. And, you know, as, as her therapist, you know, it was like, you know, I, I wanted to see her be able to be functional and be more functional in life than she was, because I knew that she could be better. Um, you know, when I'd see her coming in and her legs are just so heavy, you know, and it's just like, and it's heartbreaking because you're, you know, that things could be better than they are. So it, it wasn't really a matter of compliance at home with her, you think? Um, I, it what was, do you think the factors were that were well, frustrating I mean, I her was, case? I think there was a lot of different factors. I think there was the, the can and then there was the want to. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that she was a proud Southern lady. So she did not, you know, didn't want to ask for help, didn't want somebody to help her come put, you know, the stockings on. But then she didn't want the lighter compression because she didn't feel like it did enough. And I'm like, well, something's better than nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's kind of, you know, and then as far as like the pump and things like that, you know, I guess it's easy for me to say, but I feel like, you know, you're sitting down watching TV. I feel like you should be able to do your pump, you know, at least 30 minutes a day, you know, and there are times that that wasn't done. And so it's kind of just a little bit hard for me to say she was doing everything she could do because, you know, and I, and I tried to do all of the things on my end to make it where, you know, it was kind of, she was able to get the benefits it was it was a mixed it was a mixed factor, but it was very I mean I could say it was very frustrating and very difficult. How long of a relationship did you have with her where you were watching how things progressed or, or didn't progress? Almost a year. And um then she was she was trying other um she was trying other avenues and um, working with a surgeon and different things like that. Sometimes despite your, your best efforts, you know, you obviously have to let people pursue pursue things at their pace. Exactly. Yeah. So. I was going to ask if you have any favorite resources, whether it's online, you know, YouTube videos or um, maybe an agency website or a healer in social media that that you think uh, is someone that's valuable or a group that's valuable to help your own knowledge. Oh, absolutely. We have um, there are lymphedema groups um, online. And there are groups for patients with lymphedema and there are, you know, groups for therapists. And I'm a part of a few different groups and it's neat hearing the different things. And sometimes we'll be like, you know, bouncing things off of each other. And obviously with permission and be like, hey, we've got this patient. I And I just I'm not sure what to do with them. You know, are they not progressing as they should be? And so it's really neat having those groups along with um 
the lymphedema group guru and he is um, one of the founders of the um, academy of lymphatic studies that i use to get my certification through and i think he's actually with norton now but um, but he's the lymphedema guru and he's he's always posting or putting out like different little education things to read over and just kind of freshen things up along with if there's new research coming out or if there's something new in the lymphedema co- community, he's really good about getting that word out. Who is this person and what what is his forum now for posting these gems of wisdom? It is uh, Joe Zuther. He is the, um, if you look up the lymphedema guru, and that's usually how people can find him. Very good. And I, I had actually seen a couple of his videos. Is there anybody else or how, what's uh you said there are groups for therapists. Yes, there are like, um, there are some that are through the academy that I went to. And then there are just like lymphedema therapist groups, you know, where we're able to bounce ideas off of each other and just support each other. Which is absolutely essential for sure. I'd like for you to describe a case with a lymphedema patient in which they presented a challenge for you. But not only that, your decongestive therapy was key to their progress. All right. Um, Well, I have a client who has bilateral leg edema, who has seen multiple doctors and was finally diagnosed with lymphedema. The compression tights that she had were just really ill-fitting. She used glue every day to keep them up, really just uncomfortable. So, you know, it was hard for her to wear them, although she knew she needed to wear them. I had to, you know, ultimately convince her that I could fit her in a good pair of compression socks that would, you know, be more what she needs and to where she could put them on and forget about them. You know, when they're constantly rolling down, pulling down, coming off, it makes her think about them all day. And, you know, she's like, this is affecting the quality of my life. I had a company that I really liked. I had some thoughts about it, um, but I do have resources. And I spoke to my representative, you know, I felt like, you know, I just needed to phone a friend and we were able to get her in stockings that she absolutely loved (laughs) and she's able to put them on without glue and she's able to put them on in the morning take them off at night and since she has had these compression stockings and then she has been coming to see me faithfully every two weeks she has been able to have a noticeable difference in her legs like able to walk a little bit better. She's able to move her clothes fit a little bit better. And ultimately she is just more confident and she's able to go out and kind of live life and not have to think about her lymphedema 24 seven, like she was before. And that's just been absolutely wonderful. You know, she's done all of the things I've asked her to do. She's where's her compression religiously. She comes to see me religiously. She comes She goes to physical therapy weekly. She's been doing pool exercises with the lymphedema. It is to some degree a lifestyle changes that need to happen. And as a therapist, I'm able to help guide people and tell them how they're going to be able to manage this in their life without it managing their life, you know? And so, and that's been really rewarding being able to see that change. And, you know, when they come in, 
for their appointment. They're excited to show me their legs. And that's just, it's, it's been absolutely wonderful being able to experience that change with them and be able to make a difference. I think that's a perfect example, uh, not only because it emphasizes your skills as a therapist, but because it draws attention to the fact that it's not just the decongestive therapy that's going to make a difference. Absolutely. So thank you so much for that. I understand that you recently acquired a new skill set. You are now certified in craniosacral massage. Can you explain why you were attracted to craniosacral massage? Craniosacral therapy is something that my husband has been doing for a couple of years in his massage practice. And I have been able to experience the change and it just, it makes your body feel like it is more in a line. Things are flowing the way it's supposed to. But ultimately what really drew me in is what's called a glymphatic system. Your central nervous system and your lymphatic system are kind of married where they have big exchanges for years, we thought the brain was brain and spinal fluid. Everything was a closed system. But they're finding that with the blood flow and everything that happens in our brain, that it produces waste. Well, this waste has to go somewhere. And that is where the lymphatic system comes into play. And they're really realizing that at the brain capillaries and other junctions, like in your sinus, in your skull, and in your neck, that is where a lot of the exchanges happen for the lymphatic system and the nervous system. Those two systems kind of support each other. If your lymphatic system isn't functioning properly, then your brain is probably not being filtered and cleaned up as well as it should be. And so I was very led to do the craniosacral therapy um, for, you know, just being able to feel like, my lymphatics will make even bigger difference in someone's life. And, you know, I feel like there's so many people that have, you know, sinus issues. And, you know, is that causing other problems? Our instructor, Mr. Michael Morgan, he has been doing a lot of research about Alzheimer's. He's very passionate and excited about it and the research that is coming out. And as we age, they have found that our bodies make 75% less cerebral spinal fluid. And so since our body is making less, it's filtered less. And so when it's filtered less, you have more waste and toxins that are building up. And then you also have lower qualities. So that is where dementia, Alzheimer's, things like that really comes into play. And so it's exciting to be able to think about if I'm able to do the craniosacral therapy, which has been proven to increase the amount of production of their cerebral spinal fluid, increase the filtration and be able to get people's nervous system and brains functioning better, then, I mean, that just is like earth shattering. Um, a client that I have been seeing and doing some of the things that they taught us in class for Alzheimer's and seeing the change that has been happening just over the week and a half with this patient is I mean, it's amazing to see someone who can't remember what they had for breakfast, can't remember that they didn't sleep at all last night, and just wanting to stay in bed, to seeing someone up walking, uh, knows what they had to eat that day, along with knew that they did not sleep the night before. 
it's just amazing to see where this can go. And I'm excited to bring it into my practice. And that kind of research is astounding to me. We're finding interconnectivity or marriage between systems just in the last few decades, which just underlines the importance of a holistic approach to health. Can you describe this client's level of function before you started doing craniosacral therapy? In the last month, I have seen her out of bed maybe twice. Um, She typically does not want to get out of bed. She just wants to sleep all day. She doesn't even want to get up to brush her teeth. She doesn't want to get up and take a shower. She doesn't want to do any of these things. The first treatment I did, um, the uh, client's daughter actually called me that afternoon so excited because her mother got up and took a shower. They didn't have to poke her. They didn't have to prod her. They didn't have to ask her to. And, you know, I don't, I'm not sure, you know, if everybody is familiar with dementia patients and everything. For them to get up and do something like that is a big deal, um, especially when they, you know, when I had been there earlier, she didn't want to get up and brush her teeth. And, you know, she said she's feeling like she's moving better. And she just she said, I just feel better. You just see a difference. You see you know, a brightness, a light in their eyes that wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a testament in itself because it's not just an improvement in the, the feel of the body. It's an improvement, it seems, in her awareness because she had the motivation and sought the importance of what personal hygiene is in this example. So you're awakening something pretty deep there. And how can potential clients get in touch with you? My husband and I are under um, Harmony Body Works, Harmony Body Work in Beaufort, South Carolina. And we have Facebook presence. We have a website. Um, We have like online booking, but also on our website, you can actually look us up and see what we do. And, And sometimes on Facebook, we will post little videos and just education things. We're educating our clients, educating the community, and just kind of putting out as much information as we can. Mm-hmm. Wanted to uh, tell you in advance that I so appreciate you taking time to do this podcast. Oh, thank you. I, I am excited, and I'm, I'm so thankful that you asked me to do it, and it's been neat talking to you guys.